And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast. On Tuesday, the winning run in the league came to an end. On Saturday, the unbeaten run came to an end. It's episode 300 of the Glovers Cast and we're throwing it back to talk about a Yeovil Town defeat. I'm Ian, Dave's here. Hello, Dave. And Ben's back too. Hiya. I have two podcasts off and you go and do stupid things like Chippenham and Welling. Definitely us as well. Maintaining my 100% record of seeing every Oval Town League defeat of the season. There you go. I throw myself. You just don't like watching us play in yellow and black, Dave. I don't, do I? No, that's that's that. That is another. That is possibly a far more likely one. Can we get all Sir Alex on this? Well, we beat Western in it. Oh yeah, we did, didn't we? But you had to ruin it, didn't you? That's my conspiracy theory. Guys. I've ruined it. <laughs> You've ruined it. <laughs> I can think three, of 11 other reasons. All three have been in the yellow and black kit, haven't they? Yeah. All I'm saying is, I think we should wear it at Wrexham. And if we lose again, the pink and black gets bumped up to the backup kit. Pink, pink and black, black attached. I think so. We're, 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 we're unbeaten in pink and black, so... Oh, we're unbeaten yes. in green and white as well. We're unbeaten in green and white as well. So well, yeah, we may as well stop this podcast here. It's there done. You go. Fix we it for you, lads. Reason. Don't worry about it. There you go. It's all about Good. the kit. Have you warmed up yet, Dave? Pretty, it's pretty chilly. I have to say, I put the heaters on for only the second time since I moved into this place in February. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty nippy. And it was cold at cold at Welling Parkview Road or whatever weird sponsor stadium, like the, the Skip Higher or something like that stadium, isn't yeah. it? That is a place, let me tell you. I remember going back. I, I remember going there in the 1990s. I don't think they've done anything to it since. <laughs> absolutely nothing. I tell you what, though, an absolutely belting cheeseburger beforehand. Cheeseburger nice. drink and, and chips for a tenner. Not bad, is it? Right. It was. It was right, advised. Prices. Yeah, London prices. It was. Uh, I was. I was told uh, that the the only thing this podcast is lacking is more food reviews. So, um, and then, yeah, I had to dredge up the, the 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 memory of when we tried to get Mike cleverly to do lasagna reviews wherever he went and just failed us on the first attempt. So, yeah, uh, we've tried it. We tried yeah, it. In we, tried, we tried. We <laughs> tried. It was Craig McCann who mentioned it to me before the match, and then I said, well. We were relying on Cleverly, and he goes, well, there's your first problem, he said. Uh, at least that Cleverly never said anything about northeast towns, did he? So, uh, But there's a similarity. But, but, Welling, but, but Welling was also a shithole, is what he said. <laughs> I was going to say there's similarities between Stockton, <laughs> Pontes and, and Parkview Road, but there we go. 
Yes. Had a nice little bank, didn't it? The the away the the terrace. I mean, you swapped ends. That's the first we time did. we've been able to do that this season. <laughs> that was that was a bizarre experience. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, and you were really high up because you were quite um you were really looking down upon the uh, upon the pitch. You know, in non-league football standards, um for the first uh, for the first half. But yeah, it was quite ironic that the uh, with the exception of uh, the opening goal. Uh, all of the action <laughs> happened a very long way away from where we were stood, which is probably not a bad thing, given how it went. Mm. 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 Let's get into it, shall we? Um, Jake Wannell returned. Yeah. Reese Murphy on the bench. I don't know. I don't know if there was much word on the terrace, but um, on on the uh, on BBC Somerset, Liam uh, McGinn said um, Mark Cooper had said beforehand that um, Murphy had a bit of a knock and. You know, he promised him he was going to be playing as many games as he possibly could this season and, you know, minute management, et cetera, et cetera, while he was on the bench. So Sonny Cox through the middle with Frank Nuble and safe to say it, it sounded like Cox didn't have the best game of his life. No, uh, I think the only discussion there was before and when the teams came out was where, where Jake Hyde was. That that seemed to be the thing that most people were asking, obviously, because he'd been the um, the goal scorer on Tuesday night at Chippenham. But that seemed to be the topic of discussion, probably more so than Murphy not being around. But you're right, I think um, he mentioned to uh, Ian Randall, didn't he, the manager, that... Um, Ian Randall's not the manager. The manager mentioned to Ian Randall that uh, uh, he had fluid on his knee or something, Murphy, I think. So, yeah, yeah, what, why it was. But, um, but yeah, yeah, neither Nubel or Cox, um, Nuble or Cox, I should say, um, ever really got into it. It was another one with Sonny Cox playing through the middle where he, 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 he almost got there. On a couple of occasions, there are a couple of good little um, little moves and one twos that he played with people, but none of it ever quite came off. And it was um, it was a bit of a day like that for Frank as well. Um, when he got the ball and he got the bit of perpetual motion behind him, he uh, he looked threatening, but yeah, end product was um, was lacking a bit. Was the pitch quite small? No, the pitch was huge. Was it? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe it was a camera angle of the highlights and stuff, and it just felt like everything was happening in small little areas, and it just reminded me of when, like, just I was just looking at the highlights, going, "Just get out of each other's way. Just make make this bigger. Make it." And everything was happening in small little clumps. There was three or four people all in the same area, and I didn't know whether that was because. The pitch was small, or because that's how the game had gone. But it just, for me, looked like when we had the ball again. I'm just going off highlights here. I've seen nothing more. We didn't make use of the pitch, which has been such a strength. It's been fullbacks bombing down the outsides. It's been players attacking gaps. Young Doors, Nuble, getting the ball and finding spaces and making magic happen from there. But just didn't feel like none of that was happening. No, we did have players in those positions. I mean, um, obviously, uh, our, our goal came from from a wide position, but it, they, they they were there, but the magic was missing. That was, I think, that was it. It was they weren't necessarily in the wrong positions because New Play you know, a couple of occasions did get out wide and and, and get um, 
get chalk in his boots, as they say, and uh, and Will Dawes did the same. But it, it yeah, it was just lacking our usual sort of je ne sais quoi. But um, I mean, I think our problem was well. I mean, should, should, should we? The, I mean, the good bit, the first ten minutes, first twenty minutes, maybe was probably about as good as it got. Um, maybe the last ten, but but certainly the last, uh, the first twenty were probably about the the, the best that we played. Uh, you got the impression that we were trying to figure out the pitch a little bit. It was definitely, I mean, the the um, uh, goal mouse had a very Mudford wreck kind of look to them. Um, no uh, offense to Mudford wreck, I'm sure it's lovely, but um, yeah, there was definitely looked like looked like the football pitches you remember playing on in school um, and. Had a, I never realised really the slope, but there, there was definite slope on it, um, which uh, was the, the end we were shooting away from. So we were going up the slope in the first half. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we passed it around a bit. We, we, we made a few things uh, happen before um, before we did score. I think um, Jordan Young won a free kick on the edge of the box and put it into the keeper's hands. They had one that deflected over the bar, um, which was a sort of from our mistake, really, that they got in. You could tell from the off that they were definitely up for it, Welling. Um, they were they were in our faces the whole time. Uh, I think they got two bookings in like the first 15 minutes or so. So um, one of which was a foul on Young, but... Uh, so, yeah, you could tell from the off that they were very much up for it. And then the goal kind of came, well, I say out of nothing, out of a little bit of magic from Jordan Young, really. Um, got picked, it was picked, a big ball forward, wasn't it? Big, yeah, big long old ball Williams? from Morgan Williams, yeah. plays it forward. And well, still plenty of work for Jordan Young to do. And it's definitely one that will be on the YouTube highlight reel. Um, Jordan Young goals. Isn't it? yeah. It's a great finish. Yeah, 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 and he does well to get it over from where he was as well. From because you know, like you said, Ben, they were buzzing around us the whole time, Welling, and um, so yeah, he sort of tricked his way past a couple and then just uh, unleashes one. So at that point, you thought, right, here we go, then. Never quite happened like that, though, unfortunately. Floodgates did not open. No, there were no there were no floodgates, um, and. Yeah, and I think Young then has another chance uh, where he finds himself again on the edge of the box and uh, hammers one in, but you know, straight at the um, straight at the keeper, and and he was new that keeper, Reese Charles Cook, Cook, who I seem to remember yeah. is played in the football league. I think I'm sure we played against him from somewhere. Maybe their captain um, was new as well, didn't they? They signed their captain on the yeah, morning game. They, they signed two players. Uh, Charles Cook, the goalkeeper, was one, and Anthony Grant, who I remember um, has played around a bit as well uh, in sort of National League, maybe like I play for Wickham or someone like that. But um, but anyway, yeah, so they, they had a couple. And he, you could tell, I think their manager said after the game that they needed that experience. Um, but to be fair, Charles Cook didn't really have a great deal, really to, have do. A great deal to do. Sorry, I heard myself. I heard back on myself. Yeah. <laughs> he played for. He was at Haven earlier this season. I don't know if he played against us for Haven. Um, but uh, Reese Charles Cook. Oh, was him? Yeah, well, maybe but certainly was. a bit of a journeyman. 
Mm. Started at Arsenal, Bury, played more than 50 times for Coventry, Swindon Town. Bury? Bury? Bury, come on, Bury. <laughs> Bury. I thought <laughs> I was the one with a northern accent. Uh, and then but, it's yeah. been, get this for a, uh, his, um, since leaving Macclesfield in 2020, he's played for Boreham Wood, Welling, Bromley, Hampton and Richmond, Dartford, Bromley, Haven and Welling. <laughs> there you go. He's definitely been around a bit then, it's fair to say, yeah. <laughs> well, him, he didn't have a lot to do. Um, but yeah, they say Jordan Young has a shot 20 minutes in, I think. And, and from that point on, we just let let them at it, really. They, um, again, it was a... A bit of a sort of mistake in the um, uh, in the in 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 the middle of the pitch, and I mean that first goal that they scored. It's a it's a brilliant strike, but she'd never be allowed to get a shot in from 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 that position, is he? And it's like you were saying, Ben, we seemed to be everybody seemed to be out of position. It was like nobody seemed to be. There was um, I think maybe in the build up to that goal or it was before again uh, like we, we spoke about at the Torquay trophy game Alex Whittle just seems to be legging it back we know with nobody in the uh, in, in, in the left back position and they seem to just pull us all over the place um, and there's this massive gap between our defence and our midfield where there's just nobody um, except for lots of welling players uh, from, from what I could see anyway Looking at the highlights, and again, I recognise that this is just a very blinkered view of things. There was a moment just before the... Uh, not before the first goal, we'll get onto it, onto, before the second goal, which got me thinking. Um, there was a couple of times, and it was Whittle again. I want Alex Whittle bombing forward. I desperately, desperately want him bombing forward and getting involved. There was a moment in the second half where Frank Newblay could have laid one to the side, and instead he has a shot. And Yet when he's going back... Previously, someone had just sat in. Someone had filled the gap. Someone had let him run. And yet there were a couple of times in the highlights where there was actually an Alex Whittle-shaped hole. Someone somewhere isn't filling that gap anymore. And that is a, that's a role that changes. That's a role that um, falls on different people at different times. But when you're on the run of your lives initiative takes over and someone just does it and someone just sits in someone just watches and but at the moment that's not quite happening and that's just one little isolated incident and actually there's a bit of that in that first goal the ball's bouncing round and no one just takes the initiative to do something about it now that is either a whack it out the ground or b put their foot on it and I think that comes back to that gap that you're talking about between defence and midfield of just need someone to put their foot on the ball and make it at our pace. And I felt like, again, just using the highlights and nothing else, having not seen the game and only heard half of it, it was crying out for someone to start dictating things in our way rather than allowing them to be dictating it for them. Yeah. There was a there was a certain basketball matchness which I think uh, Mark yeah. Cooper had spoke about at the previous game where it just sort of seemed to swing from end to end um, with us not really pulling the trigger at one end and then them looking uh, they had a, they had a couple of lads who had some serious pace about them uh, and we seemed to really struggle against that um, but yeah it was it was I kept a hearing the name Adom Adom. 
Was yeah. he in there and amongst yeah. it? He scored, oh, yeah, he he scored the, the first goal, didn't he? Their first goal, yeah. Yeah, heard his name an awful lot in the bits that I could listen to at work. Um, yeah. Yeah. They had a player called uh, Tang- Tanga, I think, as well, mm-hmm. who... Um, tiny little bloke he was he was he was he's really small but they, you see him on the highlights number 20 i think he was who um yeah just picked the ball up and it's like such a low center of gravity that he just you know turns us inside out um a couple of times but yeah um they, they i mean i don't know whether it was us making them look very good or but, but they certainly did not look like a side that's third from bottom of the table after this result they're third from bottom of the table so yeah yeah I mean, half time comes, one all, sort of thing. That's okay. Well, That's all right. We'll go in think, and. I don't think anyone thought it was okay, but I thought it was a bit right. Right, okay. We've got to, we've got to, you know, somebody's got to throw a teacup or, or do something in there and and really give them a kick up the uh, proverbial. But yeah, I don't think a boot was laid anywhere near <laughs> anybody's posterior. <laughs> Were we expecting any changes at halftime? Because like, this was about the time I started switching off, but they were convinced that Jake Warner was going to come off. Convinced yeah. that he was hurt and he was going to have to come off and Idaho was going to do a proper warm-up and all the rest of it. But that kind of never materialised. Were you expecting a change in the in the stands? I don't think so. I mean, a couple of people mentioned Warner um, didn't look right. Um <laughs> They were all so poor. It was difficult to really pinpoint it on or on any one of them. I, I mean, Jake Wannell did not have a good game, but I don't think you could say I struggled to pick anybody in that first half who I thought had a particularly good game. Maybe Jordan Young because he scored a good goal. But um, uh, it was, yeah, defensively, everyone seemed to be seemed to be off it. So, um, and Mark Cooper mentioned it after the game, didn't he, about they think it's a neural thing because the scan didn't show anything uh, on his hamstring at all, um, which it's is weird, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. hamstring hurts. That's another one. Shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Very strange. Yeah, I mean, you you talked about us being poor defensively. I mean, all three of the goals in the second half, you can pick <laughs> pick fault with, can't you? Yeah. Um, the first one. Ross into the box and I de- first one's a foul, right? Just a good old fashioned yeah. stub in the chest. But, right? But, it's a foul, no? Yeah, but I think Morgan Williams has got to be stronger there, isn't he? Yeah. He goes down, right. he goes down for a for a for a you know, a National League South game. I think he goes down very easily there. Um it like he'd slip more more than a push as well to me on the the small screen I watched it on, on the highlights is a bit of a combination of a a shove and I've slipped over and lost my footing. But yeah. I, I think the cross, Will Dawes doesn't get out quickly enough to stop yeah. the cross getting in the box. Yeah. Um and yeah, good. I think I think it goes further. I think actually there's a there's a chance just before where one of their guys goes out to that left back area, tries to get a cross in, it doesn't really work. You kind of have the warning and their highlights show it quite nicely because one follows the other. And it's just a carbon copy and balls in the same place, same player. And that ball then comes in, in a better state to their guy. And you're thinking, well, they just tried that. <laughs> you're like, you kind of knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. So that one was sloppy. And then the third, I think, or the, yeah, I think their third for me is worse than the others. 
because we're we're high. We've got that good line, Michael Smith, Alex Whittle, and Morgan Williams, all sort of towards the halfway line. But Jake Wano is not in sync at all, no. and so much space for Abrahams to run into, and even like Morgan Williams, he's the pacey one of our back four, isn't he? And he, as much as he's trying to get back there, he just can't make it. But it's it's a good finish from Abrahams, but a yard higher, it's offside and. Only two one, and it's it's so quick after that first Abraham's goal that at two one, I kind of I don't mind us having a high line because you think okay, get back in the game, go and get back again. But then to switch off like that and for it to be three one in the blink of an eye, you go from okay, let's get back into the game to oh geez, that's over then, in in such a quick moment, and that's a frustration for me. I have no problem with us having a high line and being positive and saying, right, we'll, we'll just go and get another one. Great. But God, if they switched on and look, Jake Wannell's done far more good than bad for us this season. Far more good. He's in a significant amount of credit, but he'll know that he's played on Tristan Abraham's on there. And once the backs are turned and running towards their own goal, right. was on the wall, unfortunately. Yeah. Like you said, good, good finish. I mean, it was, um, it's fortunate that we did change ends at half time, so we didn't have to watch it all. But uh, yeah, on the highlights, you can see it. it. It was a it was a good finish. But yeah, Jesus Christ, we I think our entire defence was the assist on that one. And it, it, it's it's disappointing that one ball has just completely knife through butted us. That's the disappointment. It was like a ball ball over the top as well, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah, it, anything. It was just a hoop. A hoof over the back of Morgan Williams because yeah. you can see the lines not there and he's in on goal. It, it's like really sloppy from us when we're not normally yeah. sloppy. No. And then at that point, well, within brings on Murphy to start with and then brings on Fisher. Uh so he's obviously, you know, gambling for it and trying to uh uh trying to get it and go off. I mean, they had the Reese Murphy chance in the highlights, didn't they? Yeah. Um, obviously, that was that was right in front of us, and yeah, you'd have put your house on him to score. Absolutely, would have put your house. It was the the uh, archetypal, you know, fox in the box, just nudge it past, and it basically just nudged it straight back to the keeper. Um, yeah. Strange, could... isn't it? He's had a. Uh, I can't remember which was the last game he scored. But it feels like he's gone on a bit of a run since that talkie away game. Yeah. Uh, oh, he did score against. He scored against Farnborough, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but some of these chances that are sort of ones that you like, you say you'd put your house on him to score. Yeah. There were so many against Chippenham, and that one again that he's not managed to put away. It was. It was a. It was a trickier chance than I thought it was from listening to it on the radio because it yeah. goes sort. Of over it's, a few bodies, and he's kind of just got to get it over his shoulder. Quite high, yeah, quite high up, and he and he and he just sort of like has to prod it, um, and probably could wait for it to drop a little bit more than it does to get a better connection on it. But again, like I said on Thursday, who am I to tell Reese Murphy how to score goals? But um, yeah, you you'd have thought a man of his calibre would have uh, put it away. I wonder if if he'd have scored against Chippenham, would he have scored that? 
I wonder if it's one of those things where on that run, he wasn't even having to look at the goal. The FA Cup game against South End doesn't look at the goal. The goal against Fine doesn't even, he just knows where the goal is. He has no, and yet this time it feels like he's thinking about it. And he's, if he'd have scored against Chippenham, there's one of those chances. There's no doubt in his mind. He just goes, Well, I know how this happens and just finds it and just does it. And I wonder if there is a bit of that to it. And he just needs one to go in off his backside again. And he'll go, Oh, yeah, that's how, that's how amazing I am. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. And uh, then again, like immediately after, Murphy misses that chance. Abraham's is up the other end. Mm. And bags his hat trick and that one's sloppy as well Joe Day sort of comes out wandering as well ball bounces Just, it's a long ball yeah. it shouldn't be bouncing there that's where especially at 3-1 that's where you need you need a decisive action from someone to take a moment by a scruff of a neck and it's those little things where you're kind of going well hang on that's some, that was for someone to come and smash through don't let that bounce there don't give them a sniff and you're right, Joe Day. I don't know whether they think Joe Day's coming. Um, I don't know. And yeah, just a bit of a mess. Yeah, I suppose yeah. one positive was the return of Alex Fisher mm-hmm. back yeah. on the pitch after his leg break. Yeah, who I have to say, if you'd have voted for him for man of the match, I wouldn't have. Did, I wouldn't have argued with you at all, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> in in the what fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, whatever it was that he was on the pitch, he. He did his usual thing, you know, loads of effort, um, getting getting there everywhere, and right at the well, basically towards the end, he had a great chance to score. I mean, yeah, arguably, he should have scored there. Um, it would have been a consolation goal, um, because we we didn't do enough to to get anything out of that game. But I think it was Newblay goes down the right hand side, bangs the ball in, um, and he's there at the back post. The keeper makes a great save. To be honest, yeah. it's probably the only save the keeper has to make, um, all game. But um, yeah, he does very well. But you know, he's in the right place. Um, and we've said, haven't we? Everyone's going to have a part to play this season, and I'm sure there's a part for Alex Fisher to play. So yeah, it was good to see him there. And um, yeah, you heard his interview with uh, with uh, with Ian. <laughs> Every time I hear him talk, I just think you are you are far too uh, polite and eloquent to be <laughs> to be doing this, Alex. It's just like I can't remember some of the words he came out with. I just thought this isn't the right stuff to be getting into a football interview. But um, but at the end, he came over and um, he was the sort of the one player who came closest to the away fans, and um, you know he sort of uh, held his hands up and. Uh, uh, gave a little uh, put 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 them back together again, and I uh, thanked everyone for coming. So yeah, just a bloody nice bloke, isn't he? Really, he really is. Yeah. I want to touch on one of your conclusions, Dave. Oh, I which know where one? he's going. Which one? Oh, I know <laughs> where he's going. Read them yet? They can't I know where I've, he's going. I've had no hate mail. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See if we can last till the the rest of this. Um yeah. You said it was a midfield crying out for Charlie Cooper. It was a midfield channel for Charlie Cooper. And ev- everything that Ben said about the person to put their foot on the ball and play the game at our pace, that was Charlie Cooper. And when he came on with 15 minutes to go, we looked a lot more composed. And I know, you know, formations, as we all know, are not my thing. Um, we had the extra body in midfield there, but that was exactly what we needed. Um 
was was someone with the experience. And again, it's like I said after the after the after the Chippenham game, the things that he did, he did well. And, and I'd have said him or him or Fisher were were my man of the match. I, I don't think I've actually voted him man of the match, but I'd have said him or Fisher, possibly say Young because he scored a good goal, but um, would have been my man of the match um, for 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 what they did, but. Yeah, I, I think it absolutely was a game for Charlie Cooper, and and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Charlie Cooper in uh, for whether it's Wrexham or whether it's uh, Bath in the next game or not. I don't know, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the in the starting lineup. And some people will say, well, that's a that's a bad thing, but I thought Saturday was a game that was was crying out for him. I was amazed that he didn't come on sooner. You think? In time, that would be for Low Everton. Has the Low Everton, I don't want to call it experiment because it's gone really well, but has that partnership started to run its course now? Did we feel like we were getting a bit overwhelmed in there between uh, the two? Worthington or Low Everton could equally have got. They were they were both as poor as each other, and neither of them got. Any, they they were just sort of like overrun. Um, yeah, they were. Sonny, when he gets a ball, he's um he's obviously very skilled with the ball, isn't he? And the technician that we've heard so much about, um, Worthington, usual effort, but no, they were they were way off it. Um, both of them were, were way off it, so either of them could have could have come off. I think. So I guess the question right. then is, why? Why were we so off it? Apart from the fact that we were in the yellow kit, apart from the fact that you were there, Dave. Yeah. Uh. Tired? You reckon? Well, you know, played a lot of games. The thing that was noticeable was how much, how, how much more up for it. How much, much I don't know what the word is, yeah, but yeah. That's right. They, yeah, they were, how much more up for it they were than we were. And that was it. And you can say, oh, it's their cup final and all of those, but they were bang up for it. They were everywhere first to everything quick out and we just looked shell shocked at um at, at times and <clears throat> I don't wanna overblow it because you know it's a defeat yeah it's not a good performance um but you know I'm sure we'll get on to the context of um of the of, of the season we all know where we are we all know the results that happened at the weekend and where that leaves us in the in the in the table so in the grand scheme of things if you're going to have a bad day, it's probably about the best bad day you can, uh, the best time to, to, to have a bad day. But um, yeah, we, I think it's a combination. Score, when we score, do we become complacent? Because that, that's a word I haven't seen kicking about, but we've two of our three losses against are probably against two of the poorest teams in the division. Yeah, I'm not sure complacent's the word. Uh, it just, Almost felt like we railed them. Uh, it, I say it was just so strange after that chance from 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 Young. We just seemed to let them do whatever they want, and we just run around like headless chickens. That's that's what it seemed. I'm not sure it was complacency. We just suddenly didn't know what to do. Well, that's the way it seemed. Do you think in an ideal world we would have gone into the Torquay game and not made any changes? And kept the same team going and not disrupted that flow. In an ideal yeah. in an ideal world, it wouldn't have been Torquay. It would have been either 
absolute nobody away from home in the middle of nowhere or somebody we could blitz at home and you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't feel like you needed to. But the sheer ridiculousness of the run, as it shall now be called, capital T, capital R, the run, um, meant that we had unmatched fit players that needed time because we're going to need the entire squad. We had to make those, we had to get minutes into legs somewhere. We had no choice. We had to rest Michael Smith, Morgan Williams. We had to give them a match off somewhere. And your choice was doing it against Torquay or Chippenham, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think we're just having, like like you said, context here is everything. Oh, God, yeah. The, the run was historic and, like, once in a lifetime. Like, <laughs> this number of wins in a row <laughs> doesn't happen very regularly. Um, so like there's, oh, there, there's that to sort of think about before everyone starts piling in. And like we said, luckily below us, only Hampton, I think Hampton won, such didn't they? But everyone else. Such everyone a strange else... day. <laughs> such a strange day. So the top, top seven lost, drew one, which was Hampton, drew, lost, lost, drew. Bottom seven. So one, one, two, three. Well, bottom eight, bottom nine from St Albans down in sixteenth. Win, win, draw, win, loss, win, win, loss, loss. The bottom half had a freaking field day. Yeah. It just it's completely on its head, and that goes all the way up. Everyone seemed to have a strange day. There wasn't an accumulator in the country that landed on Saturday. Mm. Every, every every division had a stupid upset. Southampton lost in the prem in the champ. Just, just a silly Saturday, and I wonder if it is a bit of getting to that first bit of people are feeling it now. Suspensions, this, that, and the other, all kind of kicking in. Injuries, people are picking things up, and teams are changing. Teams are rolling dice. Welling have rolled the dice with a couple of signings that morning. We've seen Ebbsfleet sign a couple recently. We've seen a number of teams start to make changes, and it feels like a point in time where we will go right kick on again now and to have all that happen and to still sit eight points clear and to still have a game in hand is utterly ridiculous and by the time we play bath we'll have another game in hand on on some of these players on some of these teams and obviously we don't know how those games will go but it is a bit bonkers isn't it yep a bonkers Saturday a silly bonkers Saturday. And and maybe, maybe that's the what we need to remember is there are gonna be bonkers Saturdays. And it's how you react to those bonkers Saturdays. And it's how you pick yourself up, and it's how Mark Cooper will earn his corn this season. There isn't a team in the history of football that hasn't that has been really, really successful but not had a wobble. I don't happen to have the Arsenal Invincibles run in front of me here, Ian. I'm assuming you do. Um, it's on his tattoo, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you can just lift up your left <laughs> sleeve, mate. Yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine they had a run of a couple of draws. They had a couple of iffy games where they had to scrape last-minute equaliser or whatever. There isn't a team in the land that has been successful but not had a wobble. And I'll tell you something. If this is our wobble, I darn sure rather have it in November than have it in April. 
I mean, our wobbles when we won the league in 0203 were we lost to Scarborough away and we lost to Forest Green Rovers away on Boxing Day. That was our wobble. I suppose we had the Bursco match, didn't we? Was that in that season yeah. where we lost to Bursco in the yeah. trophy? That was in the FA Trophy, yeah. Um, but I don't think we can particularly compare. We can't compare these situations, really. But no, we didn't was... lose. We didn't lose four one at any point there. No, I mean, look at the season we got to the um, playoff final. <laughs> there was some yeah. serious wobbling going on in there, wasn't there? We lost club record um, eight in a row, seven yeah, in a row, exactly. eight in a row. Yeah. yeah, it's it's important not to panic. And one thing we've we've said about Mark Cooper being quite stony faced, and he interviews down the line, and it's never. It's never all that exciting. And we all want him to do the fist pumps and stuff. And the reason he doesn't do bonkers fist pumps after wins and stuff is because he doesn't get too high with the highs because he'll know he can't get too low with the lows. And he kind of said some something of that ilk after the match. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I'm really pleased we've got a very experienced manager in right now rather than someone who's maybe new at the game, who is their first job or who they are you know, even the fact that we're full-time and we're going to have a lot of contact time with these players. It's those little bits that I think will stand us in good stead and give us the best chance of turning the, turning whatever this little wobble is around, basically. Yeah. And there's situations like this where he is the only person at the club with any experience of going through this as well. Like, yeah. you know, from, from top to bottom, he's been in the game longer than anyone at the club and has been there, done it. So it is sort of, yeah, you wouldn't want anyone else in charge right now. Correct. Before we play Bath, um, there are a couple of big games. Maidstone play midweek against Haven and Waterloo. You'd think they'd pick up a win there, but obviously we don't have that game in hand as well. Um, Averley Farnborough at Bath, Chelmsford. Chelmsford. That's a biggie, isn't it, at the top? Um, and there was another one I spotted somewhere that I don't know where it is. Hampton and Richmond play Hemel Hempstead. All the H's. So a couple of big games there. The if I mean, if buts and maybes, if my aunt and her ball should be my uncle. If those go for us and we then got and we a game in hand and we're still eight clear or five clear, laughing. Laughing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Winning, winning away from home is going to be uh, and uh, those kind of away games. We've obviously had such a run of home games uh, in in this this period. Winning those kind of games is the that's where success is uh, is won, isn't it? And that's and that's going to be that's that's going to be something that managers will be very aware of now. Jerry Gill will watch that game against Welling and go, right, what did they do and how do I replicate it? Mm-hmm. And they will have, Ewan Clark will definitely start because he's pacey and they will have horrible players at the back being brutes and they will press and they will make things tight and small and they won't, won't let us spread the ball out and things like that. And now that's our challenge and that's how we will have to get our way out of this is recognise that Jerry Gill and whoever the Dartford manager is will try and replicate what they've just seen, chipping them to a certain extent and Welling do in two different games. So yeah. there's the challenge. 
You want to be champions? You've got to get past these challenges. I mean, uh, the one thing you can say, we said it after the Chippenham game, is that even though we didn't play well, and we definitely didn't play well at Welling, um, there were still chances. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 there was nowhere near as many chances at Welling as there was at Chippenham, but there were still chances. The Fisher one, um, obviously Young young with his goal, then Young with the, the shot there, thereafter, Murphy getting through as well. I mean, put all of those away, um, and that's it's four all, isn't it? So we, um, we only had one less shot on target than they did. Yeah, yeah. Stats down lies and statistics, but I'd argue we had probably better numbers in certain aspects of the game. Apart from that one big one on the top left-hand corner, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah. if we were getting battered, like at Gateshead, when we lost four 0 we did. We had nothing. We had absolutely nothing. We didn't have a shot. We didn't have a dangerous attack. We barely had a corner. And that's why this is completely different because we were just we were making the right things. They just weren't going in. Yeah. It did have a feel of that haven't game um, in as much as everything they did seemed to go for them. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, the haven't game, we, we made it look a bit closer than it was. But yeah, on this one, we didn't, we didn't make it look as close as it was. Should we do some questions? Yeah, mm. let's do some questions. Okay, here we go. Andy Cleave, four games to come before Christmas. All presenting different challenges in Bath City away, Dartford away, Hampton and Richmond at home, and Eastbourne away. How many points? Mm. Read them out again. Bath City. Bath, Dartford, Hampton at home, Eastbourne. Three of those are top ten. Two of them currently sit third and fourth in the table. Eastbourne are right outside the drop zone. Yeah. I, I don't know how many we will get, but I, I'll say this. If we get 12, I think that's probably title over. If we don't get think, 12, it's if we get tw- I think if we get 12, the other teams will look at us and go, well, there's, there's no way we can catch that. Okay. Right, right. I was going to say, I thought I'd got 12 points and that's, that's, that, that's it. The no, but I think that. that would be, because those, <laughs> I mean, Hampton and Bath are the are two huge yeah. games from where, where teams are sitting now. And if, yeah. I mean, let's get it absolutely right. And, and Bath is massive, mm. absolutely huge now. But if we get 12, I think that'll be such a sucker punch to the rest of the league. That they'll go into the new year and have to try and catch 12, 15 points up, whatever it ends up being. Which is utterly I mean, Hampton, the, the form Hampton are in, that's a big game as well, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah, a, that's absolutely. the one home game, isn't it? That one, uh, that run. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 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 But that's the, that, that, that's the target for me. And that's hopefully the motivation. Get 12 points out of that, a really tricky four games off the back of a, we'll call it a wobble. And the lads will know 12 points out of that and there ain't no one catching us. How many do you think we're going to get, Ben? Um, seven or nine. I'd say I'd take a point at um, a point of Bath. No. I, think, I, think, I, think, I think a point of Bath is realistic. I think uh, Dartford... 
you get a, that that could be an, another tricky one. I think I'd back us at home against anybody. And Eastbourne's a, one of the surfaces we're not allowed to talk about, isn't it? So we are now because we won on one. Okay, all right. But you, you think you've got to go and win there with the with the way things are going. But who knows? By the time we get there, that's Christmas, isn't it? Eastbourne. Yeah. Then it's taunt. Yeah. Then it's Taunton on Boxing Day yeah. and New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I reckon I I would out of that run, I think I'd take um, I'd take eight points from that. It, 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 draw, again, draw, draw Bath and Dartford, win at Hampton, win at Eastbourne. I think I think if we beat Bath, I think we're in an incredible position that will just breathe such a new lease of life into a, a team that maybe has had its confidence smacked, get knocked down, get back up again and give Bath a smashing. In, and that is ridiculous, a ridiculous sort of boost of confidence to get going. So all depends on that Bath game. Massive, isn't it? He needs a whiskey drink. And a vodka drink and a lager drink and a cider drink. I'm going to sing some songs that remind me of the good times. All right, move along. (laughs) Every week we'll have to do the Chumbawamba principle. It's brilliant. (laughs) Oh, Danny boy. Uh, Right. Uh, Match of the day. Who do you think Cooper sees as our main title threat? There are currently seven teams between 34 and 30 points. I'm not convinced any of them are remotely strong enough to put a run together even if we do continue to shit the bed. Well, I think Saturday is the proof. It is a proof of that, isn't it? I mean, you think Bath would be um, just because they've they've kind of uh, they've kind of been the for I, I you know Torquay <laughs> keep thinking they're gonna they're gonna have to come they're gonna have to come good at some point, but. Um, You've got to think they're not even in your that. screenshot anymore. I know, I they're know so they're low. not. Yeah, yeah. I can't even, I can't even go that far down anymore and still get first place here. I think Cooper will expect Maidstone as the other full-time Maidstone, team yeah. right at the top. Mm. I think that actually it's probably Bath and Hampton. I think that I think that team changes depending on the person you ask. But I think Cooper, as question, will think Maidstone because they've got a, maybe a slightly better chance of of an extra signing in January if they get on a bit of a roll of getting an extra body through the door of being having a little bit more of a full-time lure to get into that top two or three when push comes to shove if you're a decent little striker and you've got a chance to go to Braintree or to go to Maidstone you might choose the full-time team and I think that might just be the difference for them to push us as close as they can possibly push us but you are right Torquay will be top seven Keep waiting for it to happen. Yeah, they will. They will turn it around. Uh, almost a pro pilot. Uh, Buna Sierra. Buna Sierra. Will the loss against Welling be demoralising for the players? And because of that, should we be expecting much versus Wrexham? It'll not their confidence. Of course it will. But you look around the group and you hear Alex Fisher talk about home truths and things like that. Well, it's how you react to those home truths and if whether you do knuckle down and start going right, okay, yeah, we took our eye off the ball there for a couple of games. Um, we'll go up to Wrexham, we'll have a fun day, we'll have a bit of a free hit and then watch your back bath. 
because we're coming for you. It's it's whether you've got that attitude in the group and looking at the group that I think we do. I think Michael Smith has will have that attitude about him. I think um I think plenty of people will have plenty of that group will have that attitude of okay, time to go again then. Uh, if we get through to the next round, who do we want? Arsenal away. <laughs> who do you want, Leeds, Big Ben? Boy. I'm not sure I want us to get through to the next round. Um, I Big team want, away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's have... Let's have, let's have Newcastle United. Yeah. Can I go somewhere I haven't been before? Stamford Bridge. Why Newcastle United, Ben? Because it's closer to him. <laughs> the Dan Burn Derby. Yeah, El Dan Bernico. <laughs> no. Um, and here's a question: What is the one quality that Gary Johnson has that you wish Mark Cooper would have? Well, <laughs> keeping Torquay further down the table. <laughs> uh, Gavin Williams in attacking midfield. <laughs> up front, you can name them all. He can still do a job, I reckon, Gav. Um, I I desperately wish Mark Cooper would show the world what he's like, like off the record. You know, do you know what I mean by that? In the in the in the few exchanges I've had with him, he is such a more open and free talking guy that gets his football, and I think he would come across so well if somebody could just chat to him about all kinds of football, not just Yeovil, and just really open him up. Gary Johnson was always great at that, wasn't he? He was a character in the media. He could make things happen. He was a he didn't he wasn't afraid of a gimmick. We did the topless shirt thing when we didn't have a sponsor. He wasn't afraid with making a bit of a fun of something. Um I want Mark Cooper to open up because I think he would get a lot of people even more on side than they currently are if he did. There you go. Gary was afraid of local newspapers writing stories about agents. Nothing Awkward. Wrong with that story. So Awkward. Perfectly. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I think Mark Cooper would probably ring me up and call me a C-word if I did the same thing there. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, he's answering anyway local papers at the minute anyway, is he? So come on. Uh, Chris Fox, what's your favourite pudding? Yorkshire. Dicky Toffee. Actually, no, that's a lie. If we're talking, if we're talking pudding as in any dessert, it's a straight lie. I've lied to you there, lads. I've no. absolutely lied to you. <laughs> are we talking any kind of dessert here, or, we, or does it have to be something we're putting at the name at the end of it? The question is hashtag GCQs. What's your favourite pudding? Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the. I'm gonna take it literally, and I'm gonna stay sticky toffee then. I'd I'd like a lemon meringue pie, please. That hasn't got pudding at the end of it. I know, but I would like a lemon. I just generally like one at this point, to be fair. If someone could bring Ben a uh, lemon could, meringue. If my Uber eats a lemon meringue pie, I might have to. <laughs> um, Are you going to be a pedant, Dave, and have to? We, I'll have to go with something that's a pudding, or can I go I, with... You, 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 you go, you know, go with your uh, your morals, Ian. Whatever, whatever your morals tell you to do. Uh, I'm going to go with Yorkshire. Um, okay, the kind of yeah, man good. who spells uh, Sydney Gardens with a Y, isn't it? That's that's the kind of man we're dealing with. 
Do wise. I didn't make the sign. (laughs) Well, there's there's, there's more signs with an I than there is with a Y. I've never known someone who lives so far away care so much about (laughs) the the names of places (laughs) in Yeovil in this past week. It really, yeah. Yeah, could, could 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 you tell that I was uh, I was uh, yeah I don't know what I was doing, but I was uh, taking in the uh, the local scenery. Very nice. Yeah, been playing, yeah, it is. You've been playing like reverse Where's Wally with us, haven't you? Yeah, like, exactly, sending us yeah. pictures. You saying well, where am I? Various different parts of Yeovil, <laughs> including a sign that said Hewish, <laughs> which is fairly <laughs> obvious where I was at that point. But yeah, there we go. Um, uh, and then there's a stream of three hundred questions. Here, episode 300 questions. I think there's one on Facebook that I'll go to before we do the 300 questions. Um, Hilton Mason, seasonal greetings. I think it's a bit early for that. Early. Three went up today. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Embrace it. Well, the Manor Hotel. It was Christmas there, so go on then. I'll let you have it. Uh, Game to be forgotten, reality check, or team slash individual learning opportunity. Yes. All three. <laughs> Assuming he's talking about Welling, but yes, all three. Yeah. All three, Hilton. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris Fox says, no question, just congrats on the 300th episode, lads. What you boys are doing and have been doing has given the fans a voice at long last. Keep up the great work. That's nice, isn't it? Put, that's, oh. that's where you pull out the award, Ben. Where's the award? Oh, hang on. Wait. Oh. Frames falling apart. Yeah. Screenshot. Wait a sec, wait a sec. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I've got it. <laughs> There's our picture. Right, I've got it. Okay, carry on. Uh, what is your highlight? The 300 episodes so far. What's my Don't highlight? Don't go at once. <laughs> so many. This We've done Colin. so much different stuff, haven't we? I mean, well, I, I'm 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 really proud of the way we came back after Lee Collins passed. That one, that one, I'm really proud of. Somehow to manage to do that, brilliant. But that was very different to the pride I feel for the stuff we did with the Legends game. The stories we've been able to tell, the the cycling thing where we did the little mini clips. Elliot, absolutely incredible with that. That my 19 hour four day spectacular <laughs> on but for the Braintree game. That one was a lot I'm of still listening still to that finished now. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one was amazing. I loved it. I love doing it. And I don't care that it took six weeks out of your lives. Um I, yeah, God, Cribs Causeway. <laughs> I still I still every so often think about it and just start chuckling. <laughs> just start chuckling to myself. Uh, legend we've told so many good stories as well that's the thing isn't it is we've told glover's past stories we've you know the stuff that um a little bit older than maybe my generation would be used to i really enjoyed that stuff i thought it was fantastic hearing from ben smith just before my time and mickey spencer and those guys it's yeah before ben lists them all dave do you want to jump in yeah i know (laughs) Well, Ben, Ben, Ben got all emotional and uh, and and heartfelt about it. Now I was just going to say I got to speak to Howard Florington. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's it. That's that's as good as it got. It's all downhill from there. We've got a, we've you know, a, a current Premier League footballer on the pod. What? Yeah. What? One of my, I think, 
one of my favorite ones and it's partly from what happened afterwards was when we spoke spoke to Mickey Spencer and Neil Coates and they jumped on the Zoom call with us Dave and they hadn't seen each other for ages and yeah. it was like hello mate how are you and <laughs> yeah. it was all like five minutes was, we were... uh, catching up with each other didn't they yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like we were kind of there and it was a bit like we shouldn't really be here while you're yeah. doing all this um <laughs> ex-player speed dating yeah and then the message you got afterwards from someone uh was it like a carer in a nursing home oh yeah who, yeah uh, someone who lived in the nursing home had listened to that episode and yeah. said how much they loved mickey spencer and that kind of thing and it was all like that was just like how the hell are we doing this like yeah it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? The Listen fact... to all the all the Glovers past they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonkers, bonkers, yeah. and the fact that we've had people on, like we've had managers, we've had we've had players, we've had <laughs> stewards, um, and yeah, the fact that people take us seriously and take this platform seriously and allow us to open the door, it almost feels like we're on the verge of doing a whole bunch of thank yous, but genuinely we are ridiculously grateful that people still bother that people still care it's 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 mind-boggling and we'll keep going for as long as you guys want us to keep going and we'll keep finding stories to tell and people to chat to and when the time comes we'll ask questions and, and that's another thing i was really proud of the way we held we handled ourselves at the back end of last season that was ridiculous we should never have had to be in that position but we were and we friggin nailed it in the back end of the season before. <laughs> exactly. And so... the summer before that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let's say people are still listening. You ever thought of that? What if it's just the three of us? But even oh, that, time. even yeah. that, it's quite good therapy. <laughs> just <laughs> chatting to anything each other. else. <laughs> yeah, twice a week. Yeah. yeah. I pay a lot more to do that than do it through this. Um, uh, Dexter Tyson says, congratulations on reaching the 300 episode. With that in mind, which current Yeovil player would you like to see burst out of a cake and release balloons in celebration of this? Al James Hannigan. Current Yeovil player. He's not a current, current Yeovil player. <laughs> I wish Al James Hannigan was a current Yeovil player. Uh... I'm thinking of, I'm thinking that... Who, who, which of the, which of this group would organise the best Christmas party? Because that's the angle we're going down here. Oh. I was, I was going to say Michael Smith, just because I'd want to hear him say happy birthday in that lovely accent. Oh. It would be nice. Whatever someone can, if someone can organise Michael Smith saying congratulations, Glover's cast on three hundredth episode, yeah. I will. That I'll just play that on repeat to soothe <laughs> myself to sleep. Yeah, exactly. amazing. Yeah. Who's going to have a part? I reckon. I reckon Reese Murphy. I reckon he's got a bit of a. He's got a bit of. Yeah, exactly. He's got a bit of something about him, and I think he could organise a good party. He could throw a good shindig. Yeah. I reckon Jake. Jake Hyde could bring some hats. Oh, with sloths on him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a model, isn't he? Aren't we all? Even 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 with Movember, Ian's the only one of us who's done Movember. So. uh, Permanently, permanently been on November. <laughs> uh, and last one from Callum. Uh, what is your favourite Glover's Pass that has been recorded so far? And when is Chris Hargreaves coming on? 
We've already had Chris Hargreaves on. We don't need yeah, him. Him on. That was a that was a wonderfully beige episode. Um, favorite Glover's past. It's a great question. The next one. <laughs> if there's anyone that you <laughs> we respect, the every Glover's past. But... Yeah, you're only exactly. as good as your last. Um, if there's anyone that anybody wants us to chat to, or you'll be thinking, why aren't they chatting to him yet? Go and get him. Let's know. We'll go and get someone. I really appreciate having Dan Burn on. That was a real surreal moment for me. That was a, a cool moment for me personally. I really enjoyed listening to Ben Smith. Um, that one sticks out for me big time. Sean McDonald's the nicest man in the world. Andy Welsh was brilliant. Yeah, lots. lots yeah, it's just going to be a long list. I don't think it's going to be one, is it? Yeah, Lindy. Listen to them all. Lee how Morris. Yeah, Lee How Morris. Lee, Lee Morris. Morris. Yeah, I would say Lee How Morris. Was Lee Morris. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. He was good. We've had terrible ones as well. Don't get yeah. me wrong. There's there's the one you haven't heard, and you're not gonna. Some, <laughs> some Latvians will never see the light of day. <laughs> Don't worry, Vitaly uh, Maximenko fans. It's not you. I found <laughs> it. I found the screenshot that I got of that. It's hilarious. It's like like the last thing you see before you're going to be murdered. Dave did. <laughs> Dave, you did an incredible job to get anything out of Lloyd Russo. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. Jeez, he blatantly was... remembered nothing about his time in Yeovil Town. That was pulling. At least Terrell Forbes just said, "No, no, don't do podcast." <laughs> He's like, "I can't remember anything." Anyway, so yeah, I'm I'm voting for Lee Morris, and I hope I hope he's found his skybox that's up in his loft, or he's just clicked on YouTube because yeah. these highlights are readily available. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and if anyone else wants to harass Terry Skiverton to come on the Glover's Past, yeah. feel free. We have, yeah. we have asked several times. Have a word. Have a word. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindegaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Six minutes gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Tron. Go! 